On this day, back in the first century, Jesus entered into Jerusalem. That's why it's called Palm Sunday, because the people put palm fronds down underneath as he came into the city. Uh, He entered the city to the praises and shouts of the people. But before the end of the week, Jesus is hanging on a cross. And today and next Sunday, I want us to take some time to look at the cross because the cross is a symbol of our faith, but it's often misunderstood. You know, but it's more than a necklace or a tattoo or a keychain or a sign or a symbol on the uh, wall or a symbol for the church or on, on the steeple. It, it's more than that. Paul says, I will glory in the cross. I will glory in the cross. In Galatians chapter 6 and verse 14, he says, But as for me, I will never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. The world has been crucified to me through the cross, and I to the world. For both circumcision and uncircumcision mean nothing. What matters instead is a new creation. King James says, But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, for whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. So that's where I get the word glory. It comes out of the old King James. I will glory in the cross. Uh, But he says in the more English translations, I will boast in the cross. I'm not going to boast in anything, Paul says, except for the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. The national chairman of the American Clergy Leadership Conference is a man by the name of Augustus Stallings. He says that there are certain symbols that stand in the way of bringing a true spirit of reconciliation amongst Christians, amongst peoples. And he says the cross is one of them. And so he says the Christian churches, he's asking Christian churches to remove the crosses from their buildings and to remove the crosses from our symbolism because the cross is a barrier that stands in the way of individuals coming together as people of faith. Mel Gibson, when he was talking about his movie, The Passion of the Christ, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more next week. We're going to talk about the passion of the Christ. But he disagreed with uh, Augustus Stallings. He said, the cross is about tolerance, he said. But you know what? They're both wrong. They're both wrong. And you know, I know that tolerance is something that uh, seems to be on the up we want these days. But guys, the message of the cross is not tolerance. The message of the cross is justice and mercy and forgiveness. That's the message of the cross. There's a song that we sing, and uh, had Mike going to be here, I would have asked him to do this song this morning. But it goes, I will glory in the cross, in the cross, so his sufferings won't be in vain. I will weep no more. For the cross that he bore, I will glory in the cross. Hallelujah. 
I will glory in the cross. So I want to talk this morning about boasting in the cross of Jesus Christ. Why do we boast in the cross? Why is it so important? And, and the first thing is because it tells us about the justice of God. You know, there are some things, there are some people, according to, and, and I think the, uh, Mr. Stallings is one of them, that just doesn't understand God's justice. God is a God of justice. Over and over and over, the scripture is made very clear. God is righteous and just, and God hates sin. He hates sin among his people, and sin must be paid for. Earlier in the passage that I read in, in Galatians, Paul said, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, this he will also reap. And the sentence, the punishment for sin is death. Even small sins are capital crimes in the eyes of the just God. Do not eat the fruit from the garden, from the tree of good and evil in the garden, God told Adam and Eve. For in the day you eat of it, you will surely die. Just eating that fruit and being disobedient to God is a capital crime. In Romans 6.23, the clearest of all verses dealing with the result of sin, Paul just says very simply, the wages of sin is death. Very plain. And the cross shows that God meant what he said. Because he demanded death, Jesus Christ went to the cross. That's why he went to the cross. And so sin in the eyes of God is, is awful. It's terrible. All sin and all sin has to be paid for. Your sin must be paid for. And if you pay for itself, yourself, you pay for it in the depths of eternity. You pay for it in hell. It's, 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 it's not a pretty sight. And so the cross shows the meaning of the justice of God. But also, at the same time, it shows the mercy of God. Because even though we all deserve to die because all have sinned, God showed his mercy upon us by allowing his only begotten son to die on the cross in our place. And God's mercy and God's grace is that if we will call upon the son, accept him as Lord and Savior, if we will align ourselves with God, he will count our sin as paid for by Christ, and we no longer must pay for our sin. The cross shows us the meaning of the mercy of God. No wonder we can boast in the cross. It meant so much. The cross shows us the meaning of the love of God. For God so loved the world, John says in John 3.16. Jesus said in John 3.16, He loves us. He died for one reason and one reason only. You know, God was not under any obligation to provide for our salvation. He was under no compulsion to make the cross work. He did that for one reason, and that is because he loves us. Christ loves me so much that he died for me 2,000 years before I even existed. Now, is that worth boasting about? Jesus Christ died for me. I don't understand it. I don't even understand how that could be. I cannot conceive 
of a love that is so perfect that it would die for those not even born yet. But he died for us because of his love for us. You know, think, think about the people that you love. You know, at times, you know, I, I, I think about you guys and, you know, I, I just kind of get a lump in my throat thinking about how important you are to me, you guys and you guys. You know, you're, you're important folks and, and, and I love you. But I would not give either one of my sons, even though they're not perfect, but I wouldn't give either one of my sons so that you might live. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. That's just, that's just the truth. Uh, and yet, God allowed his only begotten son to die on the cross that you and I would not have to pay for our own sin. That's real love. That's love beyond our imagination. And when we see the cross, we're reminded of the Lord who hung there so we can boast, we can glory in the cross because of the great love and the great mercy and the great justice of our God. We can boast in the cross because of what it says about our salvation. You know, Paul goes on to talk about circumcision there, uh, and, and what he's saying is that our salvation is not a formalism. Circumcision was a rite of, of Judaism. It began back uh, in the days of Moses. Uh, it was something that was done for a reason in the beginning. But the reason was lost, and the people just did it as a formality. Uh, you know, there, there are multitudes of examples of how that works in Christianity today. Many religions, many Christian denominations are simply exercises in formalism. They have rites that they do. They have methods that they go through. But the real crux of the matter is never dealt with. What about sin? What about salvation? What about the preaching of the cross, of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? Over the last several years, Jennifer and I have had the, the opportunity to vi visit in some of the, the most beautiful cathedrals uh, in, in the world, in both Italy and Spain. And, uh, you know, some of them are just, they're just breathtaking in their beauty. And they're all awe-inspiring as they, as they point upwards towards God. And, and we really felt the sense of, of God's presence and the presence of the divine in, in some of those. But you know, I remember a story about a man who was given a tour of one of those great cathedrals. Uh, and the tour guide was telling him of all the preachers that had preached there. He was telling him about the history of the building. You know, the... the uh, cathedral that Jennifer and I went to in, in Rome has been there since the 1500s. And it's built on a spot where a cathedral was built in 200 A.D. You know, that's, that's a long time for it to be there. And, and he was sharing with the people the traditions behind all the furnitures and the features of the great building. And the speaker was obviously well impressed and when the guide asked for questions, one of the men said, when was the last time someone was saved here? Because, you know, that's what it's about. That's what it's about. 
And the cross tells us that salvation is the important thing, not formalism. It's not the beauty of the big buildings. It's not the beauty of the cathedrals. It's, it's not the little rites of passage that, that we go through. The cross tells us that religion is not the answer to our salvation. It's not religion. It's not legalism. It's the cross of Jesus Christ. It's salvation in Jesus Christ. And then I want to glory in the cross because what it says about me. Paul says it's okay for me to boast here about what it says about me. He says, I'm a new creature. Verse 15, he says, we're, we're new creatures. Not because of anything that I've done, but because of what God has done. I'm a new creature in Christ. I'm a, I'm a different person. I am of God's creation. The world is crucified to me, Paul says, and I to the world. I do not have to live as a slave of the world. I am a new creature in Jesus Christ. Jesus took my sin to the cross with him, and I do not have to live in it anymore. Jesus has given me the strength to say no to the temptations of the world. Christians do not have to live in continual sin. You don't have to live in continual sin. There is a new creation, all the power we need to live a life of daily holiness. Paul says the world is crucified to me. And the only thing lacking is our surrender to Christ so totally and completely that we can say, as Paul did, that the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. One of the songs that we sing says, uh, Then I bid farewell to the way of the world, to walk in it nevermore, because the way of the cross leads home. That's what Paul's saying here. The way of the cross leads home. Down in verse 17, I didn't read that far, but down in verse 17, Paul says, From now on, let no one cause me trouble. Because I bear on my body scars for the cause of Christ. Paul says that the things in his life show that he belongs to Jesus Christ. And the marks that he were talking about were the scars from the beatings and the toil that shipwrecks and prison and the long travels had put on his body. And, and, and if you'll listen to what he says, he does not say to me, you need to listen to me because I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ. He says, listen to me. Because the love of God displayed on Calvary can be seen on my body in the marks that I bear for the gospel. I will glory in the cross, in the work of Christ, boasting in the cross of Christ rather than the accomplishment of self. Mahatma Gandhi was once talking to some Christians and uh, they were carrying on a conversation about their different faith, faiths and he asked them if they would sing him a hymn that best expressed their Christian faith and so they kind of huddled together and talked about it for a minute and then they began to sing when I survey the wondrous cross on which the prince of glory died. My richest gain I count but loss. 
and pour contempt on all my pride. Forbid it, Lord, that I should boast, save in the death of Christ my love. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. As we think about this week, this Palm Sunday, as we learn to trust, not in me, but in the Savior who died on the cross, on this Holy Week, let's glory in the cross. Say farewell to the ways of the world, to walk in them nevermore.